my little fudge nuggets. How are we doing today? I hope you're all doing well and wearing your masks and staying safe. And if you're not, on behalf of those of us who are trying to make a difference and help others, fuck you. We're already into October, holy crap. The year, despite the utter madness that it's been, in my opinion, is flying by, which is great, because I, for one, will be happy to bid a fond farewell to 2020. Not that I think 2021 will be any scream in hell, but I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic. And I think there's more fallout to come. And I think it's going to go a lot lower before we can say we're climbing back up. But remember, this too shall pass. And one day, you'll be able to say, I survived this madness. But right now, no one expects you to do anything but tread water. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Concentrate on things you love and love to do, and explore new things to find new loves, and then watch how your world changes for the better. If you've lost your job, I'm sorry about that, and I know you're down or pissed off, but take this time to do what I just said. Explore new options. Now is the time to think outside of the box. There's a world of opportunities out there waiting to be cherry-picked because of everything that's going on right now. So get out there and start filling needs in your own unique and creative way. So, welcome to the Kinky Question Show. And man, did you guys not disappoint with these questions. And the ladies, can I say, totally dominated and were on fire this time out. And I appreciate the questions from the ladies because the boys learn so much from them. So thank you for writing in, all of you ladies. Also, if you'll recall on the last kinky question segment of the last show, Dwayne teased us with his tales of gum jobs and his first pegging. So after I answer the questions, you'll be hearing those stories in detail because he sent them over. Ooh. So grab some wine and a warm blankie, because it's story time and questions right after this. It's almost time for the in-bed annual Halloween show, where you'll laugh, you'll cry, but mostly you'll scream. Be sure to tune in Friday, October 30th to In Bed with Dr. Sue, and prepare to be even more shocked than you've been all year. And that's not an easy thing to claim in 2020. <laughs> the men who fuck your wife now 
And yes, there is more than one. It's a shame your wife found your browser history. Now here you are, sitting in my office at the Institute, as I explain to you the simple facts of your new life, as you drift away on a hypnotic cloud of tranquility, truth, and lust. By the time you're done with your appointment, you'll be right as rain, and ready for your new reality as a cuckold to your wife who, by the way, has been under my instruction for months before you ever walked through the door. Get the Evil Therapist 3, the Reluctant Cuckold MP3, at thedrsuereview.com and click on Audio Shop. You crave watching a huge rod open up. All right, so... For those of you who are new to Kinky Questions, Kinky Questions is a way for you to ask me anything you want, completely anonymously, and I answer it here on the show. So sometimes I devote an entire show like this one to Kinky Questions, and for other shows, I put them at the end of whatever topic I'm doing at the time. While I'm on the subject of emails, remember, if you ask me a question via the Kinky Questions form on InBedWithDrSue.com, it's anonymous. So that means I can't reply to you. If you have a question that you would like to discuss with me personally and privately, you can do that by clicking on contact and then general show contact. That way you can send me your email and I can respond. Another thing is I don't sit and write answers to these ahead of time. So you're getting me unplugged and unscripted. Way more fun that way. So Let's start with our first question. And our first question is from Wendy. Thank you, Wendy, for writing in. And Wendy writes, Let me start by thanking you for the good advice that you give on your shows. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very glad that you guys are getting some use out of it. Always glad to hear that. Uh, my husband and I enjoy it so. The knowledge that you share has improved both our sex life and our life together. We're a happy couple, not to tell you our age, but to give you a hint, we met each other when we went to the same high school back when Bill Clinton was in office. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. Okay, my husband has always been kind of submissive, and I've always been the more dominant one in our relationship. Back in high school, I had three girlfriends that we used to hang out with. Already back then, it was often him that made and served the tea when we hung out together. But it was not as a submissive, more just as a friendly guy. A few years ago, we started role-playing on the weekend. Him as the slave and me as the mistress. It was great fun. Then two years ago, I caught him wearing some of my panties one day. He got all red in his head, so he's probably totally ashamed. I actually would have loved to have seen that. I laughed at him and gave him a kiss. My husband has always had a small kind of femininity to the way he looks. So I wasn't really that surprised, to be honest. Since then, our weekend role play has changed. Now he is my sweet sissy maid in, on the weekend. I've even given him a girl's name that we use on the weekends, and I call him Sandra. Ah. After hearing your show about another sissy mistress couple, 
where a wife asked if she could introduce her sissy husband to her girlfriend, where you said that you thought that the wife should take charge and not even ask her sissy husband if he would like that, I took your advice and asked our three friends out for tea and introduced them to Sandra. Woohoo! Oh, I'll bet you that was fun. Sandra served us all tea and cake. Oh, how lovely. We had a ball. The girlfriends thought it was such fun and laughed a lot at Sandra. Sandra blushed a lot and was very nervous to begin with. But as you predicted on your show, the sissy husband would love it. Sandra sure did. Since then, Sandra always serves us when we're having a girly night. I think that's so nice. Oh my God, I love it. Now, my husband's birthday is coming around and I would like to give him a special night, a night to remember. A few months ago, we moved, um, we have moved on to me peeing on him once in a while. It started when we took a show, a shower together and I had to go pee. He got down on his knees and started lapping it up. So here is my idea for his birthday surprise. I could invite the girlfriends over for a birthday party, then tie him to the toilet in our bathroom, and then the girls could just pee on him when they had to go. It would be both very humiliating and very intimate as he would have to lick them clean. Then after a few hours, we would give him a good bath and make him all clean again. Then we would put Sandra in her nightgown and she could come and join us at the table and blow out the lights on the birthday cake and get her gifts. The evening would end with us all putting Sandra to bed and tucking her in. Then my girlfriends and I could go out dancing. I would like to get your thought about my idea. Is there a health issue regarding the peeing and his tongue touching all of us girls? Is it a good idea or a bad one? Have you heard of others doing similar things? Look forward to the show. Okay, darling pie. Wendy, 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 Wendy. Absolutely nothing wrong with what you're doing other than, okay, so I'm always going to have to caveat COVID in this, obviously. COVID notwithstanding, I'm hoping that everyone has been COVID tested. So I'm going to assume that everyone has been you know, doesn't have COVID and or has also been checked for STDs. So we know everybody's nice and shiny clean. As long as everybody's nice and shiny clean, then there should be no issues using urine. Urine is actually sterile. Um, It's not like any kind of feces work. You know, that's now you're talking a different end and you're talking a different type of waste material. So yes, you can get very, very sick when you're talking shit. So urine, you're fine. You're in, you're fine. Um, go right ahead. Use it all you want. I think that's a cute idea. I think he's going to absolutely love it. Why would he not love it? And yeah, you can just give him a bath afterwards. Or what you could do is actually just leave him in the tub as opposed to putting putting him over the toilet, which is actually really hard to kind of do unless it's a queening chair. You might want to look into a queening chair for later. It's probably easier if you guys put him in the bathtub from the get-go. So time down into the bathtub and then everyone can pee on him in the bathtub because it's going to make a hell of a mess. <laughs> it just will. It doesn't work. The toilet thing's really hard to work. 
So um, it's easier if you just throw him into the, the bathtub from the beginning and then everybody uses the bathtub as, as opposed to the toilet. But otherwise, I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. And yes, lots of people do that. There's all kinds of people who do that. So that's a, that's actually, urine is actually a really common one now. It gets used quite a bit. So like I said, as long as you know you don't have some active virus going on or whatever, you're fine. Should be no issues whatsoever. So I want you to enjoy that, Wendy, and uh, we would love to hear how it went for sure. Let us know. Okay, what have I got here? Our next question is from Brenda. And Brenda writes, first of all, Brenda, oh, <laughs> there you go. First of all, Brenda, I hope you plunked the headphones on your husband's ears because he's about to get an earful. I did, I cheated and read ahead on this one, which is why I just put that in there so that you just want to make sure that your husband is listening in. Um, my husband of 30 years has had kinks his whole life. He introduced me to the lifestyle and wanted me to dominate him and cuckold him. In the beginning, he bought all these toys and told me how I should use them on him. But I kept thinking that if I'm the dominant, shouldn't I decide what I enjoy and shouldn't I be allowed time to figure this all out? Indeed, you would be correct about that. But kind of remember that these guys become like, you know, little chihuahuas jumping up and down because it's like, ooh, I want to try everything. After eight years, I've come to a place where I understand what the power exchange means and what really works for me. My husband has always said he wants to be my sub. That's good. That's what we want. That's I remember couples. Does we got to try and stay together? Kinks doesn't mean the end of the world. But the problem is that over time, he's had emotional affairs with others online, and now he refuses to give up secret texting he has with just friends. Oh, nay, nay, my friend. <laughs> nay, 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 nay. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Not going to happen. Every time I try to have an adult conversation, he gets angry. Oh, poor booby. I feel like he has all these expectations, but he refuses to be honest and he doesn't understand how much giving his emotions away to others takes away from our relationship. Absolutely 100% right. Um, he thinks I'm jealous and have a problem with women. <laughs> That's not true. This has nothing to do with that. I agree with you. I have a problem with him and his need to stroke his ego with others. Yes, that's exactly what he's doing. My husband will say things like, if I dominate him hard enough, he will be trained to accept his role. But I don't agree. I can't force him to submit that he has his choice. It has to be his choice. It's exhausting. I want to be the dominant, but his secrets are killing the trust. And I don't want to have to micromanage his life. With him, it's all about the kinks. I'm totally into the kinks, but I need to have a solid trusting relationship first. Oh, hear that. Preach it. My husband swears our relationship is strong, but it's not because he's keeping, but it's not because he's keeping secrets. Therapy is out of the question. He won't go. And I strongly suspect it's because, God forbid, someone might actually validate my feelings. Help, Dr. Sue, I'm stuck. Um, you are so totally not doing anything wrong. He's being a little bitch. Unfortunately, what I'm going to say to you is, although you don't want to micromanage him, you may have to, to start off with. Um, he's, 
he's being a little bitch. There's no other way around it. Um, he, it's like, I want it, but I don't. Um, there are some subs that don't, it's kind of, let's see if I can explain this the right way. For some subs, they don't like to involve their wives in certain activities because there are certain things that they still are ashamed of around their wives, but they feel okay with connecting with people online or other doms online or whatever to get their validation about that particular issue that needs to be fixed because you don't that's the last thing that you want because now like you said he's going outside of your relationship here you are now i'm going to say this husband husband of brenda if you are listening in right now you are being a selfish little twat you are not being submissive you are topping from the bottom and that's not how this works this is not about your ego. It is not about your penis. This is about you serving your queen. Now, either she is your queen or she is not. You cannot serve more than one deity. Can you run around and be both Christian, Muslim, you know, Buddhist all at the same time, Wiccan all at the same time? Can you? Can you split yourself in that many different directions? Because that's what you're doing. It's the same damn thing. So you either worship your queen or you don't. Now, in this case, unfortunately, sorry, Brenda, you're going to have to pick up the reins because he's being a little bitch. So little bitches need to learn their lesson. So what I would do in this case, yes, you're going to have to micromanage. Number one, if he doesn't need his phone for work, guess who puts a child lock on his phone? Clearly, he needs to be in chastity immediately because he's made this all about his dick and his ego. So you got some lessons to learn, son. And putting yourself or getting her to put you into chastity for a few weeks, I think would be more than helpful in this case. You cannot have this both ways, boy. You can't. You want your wife to dominate you. You have a loving woman who is willing to do this for you. Who actually has fun doing this for you if you let her do it her way. Now, if you go and visit some other dom, do you really think it's going to go your way? No, that's not what this is about. So let the woman do her thing and stop trying to goddamn micro... Who's trying to micromanage? I'll flip it around. You're the one micromanaging, boy. Stop this. This is not what you do when you have a loving woman willing to do this with you. You don't go behind her back talking to a bunch of other bitches. That's not cool. Ever. I'm not happy. That's not cool. That's not cool, dude. Seriously. You, you don't do that. So if it was me and I had this issue, I would clamp down on internet. I would clamp down on um, phone. Clamp down on finances. Clamp down on everything. Clamp down on his dick, number one. Put the device on. Keep it on. I don't care how much he whines. I don't care. It's uncomfortable. I don't want it. I have to touch myself. I'm going to explode. No, I don't care. I don't care. Keep it on him. He needs to be reprimanded, disciplined, and essentially broken into a proper sub. Not a sub that he wants to be, the sub you want him to be, okay?
So, Helena, mm -mm. take charge, do it now, get it over with. Because this is the thing, guys. I know it, it's like you sit there and go, oh, God, I really don't want to be sitting here having to manage every fucking thing. You do at the beginning, I get that, and it is annoying. But once you get over that hump, it's done. Once you've trained him, it's done. Okay, once you've got him where you want him, it's done. So you won't have to keep doing that anymore. So it won't even be an issue. As a matter of fact, if you, I would say if you're doing a female-led relationship, you should be taking over those duties anyways. This man clearly cannot be trusted, so he doesn't deserve the freedom of being able to talk on the internet and, you know, use chat services and everything else. No, sorry, you blew that. You blew that, son. You blew it. <laughs> You blew it. You have a woman who's willing to play with you and it's still not good enough. You boys, I'm telling you. Oh, I don't know. They're just, there is no, there are no words for you guys because you're all so damn self-centered and you're all so controlled by your dicks. And I have been doing a ton of work lately with women putting men into chastity because goddamn, do you boys need it. Do you need it? And it sounds to me like Brenda's husband really needs it. So Brenda, lock him up. Lock it all up. Okie dokie. Um, we'll move right along here. What do we got here? Okay, next question. We have no name on this one, and that's cool. You don't have to leave your name. You can make one up if you want. Doesn't matter. Um, I'm a female dominant to my husband, my submissive. We started out as vanilla, but 10 years in, he introduced me to kink. Over the past eight or so years, we fall into this rut. My husband won't communicate his feelings or expectations. So when life gets in the way, work, kids, whatever, and he feels like I'm not giving him enough kink, he resorts to making up fake IDs and chatting with other kinky women online. Oh, look, it's a pattern. Who knew? Honestly, you guys. <laughs> Okay. She goes on. It doesn't matter how hard I try to communicate or kink up our life as much as it's practical. There always comes a time where he starts up with his chatting and all I can, and I can always tell because he starts to become moody and critical towards me. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Gaslighter at the same time. Boy, you boys, I'm telling you, you're purporting yourselves to be submissive, but this behavior is far from it. If I ask him how we increase our correctedness, rather than accuse him of what I already know, he simply says he's stressed with work. In other words, leave me alone. It's only after he gets caught that he'll stop for a while. I know this is not about me and it's not my fault, good girl. But I just don't know what to do anymore. When he does these things, I feel like I'm not that valuable to him and my emotions don't matter. And did you hear that? Did you hear that? I want every male out there to listen to that. When you guys fuck around, regardless whether it's online or not, you are demeaning someone you said you loved. So what's with that? And on behalf of these ladies, if you're done, then be done. Let us move on with our lives. See what I mean? <sighs> okay. 
In this case, I'm going to give the same advice as I did with Brenda. Lock them down. These guys are picking and choosing. We're cherry picking when to be submissive. Well, I'm submissive over here, but you're not doing it right. You're just, you're not dominant enough. You're not doing it the right way. You're not doing it the way I want it. Just waiting for anyone to let me know what is submissive in that. Let me know. Seriously, write in. Let me know. I'm not seeing submission in any of this shit. I'm seeing spoiled little boys. Spoiled little boys who have wonderful women who are willing to work with them, who won't even accept that and have to still look behind their backs. You guys wouldn't know, I'm telling you. If I ever started a school for you boys, you would never survive. Honest to God. You don't have a clue. Not one iota of a clue of a clue. How real submission goes. You watch it online. You look at your little Pornhub videos and you think, oh, you know, my God, I'm just, I'm so evolved with my kink. Porn is entertainment and that's not how it works. If you are truly submissive, you do as you're fucking told. You don't go behind your queen's back. Again, If she's not your queen, let her know so she can move on and find someone who truly appreciates her. Okay? None of this bullshit behind the back. Total bullshit behind the back. So, what would I do? Lock him down. Dead serious. Lock him down. Lock him down. Take away his phone. Take away his internet. If he doesn't like it, that's too bad. You You can't have it both ways. You're either submissive to me or you're not. And if you're going to continue to go out and go behind my back, I'd be done with the relationship myself because that shit don't fly in my house. <laughs> you don't fucking do that in this house. Mm-mm. Hell no. That is not what submission is. So you boys have got to stop with this bullshit about trying to create the whole thing your way and let your woman do it. Let her do it her way. She deserves that. She's already put up with your dinky little dick, which I can guarantee you all these men is fucking small. So she's already putting up with that. She's raising your goddamn children. She's busting her ass at work. You come scratching at the door going, you didn't dominate me. So she goes, okay, well, let me figure this out and see how to do this and want to do it my way, which is the way it should be. And then she goes, does it. Okay, maybe it's not as often as you want it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's not happening on your timetable? It's not working with your pee-pee? Oh, poor Bobby. Lock his dick up. Number one, lock the dick up first. Control the penis, control the man. Lock that dick up. So lock his dick up. He don't get privileges no more. No more, no more, no more. Wi-Fi's gone. You had your chance. And if he doesn't like it, seriously, if he doesn't like it, this is a crossroads. This is what you wanted. Now I'm giving it to you. Now it's not what you want because it's not done your way. Ah, this is the way it's going to be. Pick a side. You're either in or you're out. So (sighs) you guys do realize that what you see in porn is entertainment. And say that again. 
Entertainment, okay? It's entertainment. It's not reality. So the stories that you read and the clips that you look at are there to get you to buy them. Get it? It's the whole basis of it. It doesn't make it real. And it isn't real. Because I got news for you, you guys. Unless you're going to live a full 24-7 DNS relationship, and that's a lot of work. 24-7 DNS lifestyle. Life gets in the way. And even with lifestyle, it gets in the way. You're raising children. What do you want her to do? Walk around in the house in leather? <laughs> okay. You want her to be able to, you want to suck her toes while she's doing the dishes and the kids are eating their freaking porridge with the, like, porridge, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Oatmeal. Okay. <laughs> when I was little, they called it porridge. Anyways, um, but you see my point. You, you guys are being unreasonable because it's not enough or it's not good enough. Grow up. You got someone willing to do that. I'm going to keep beating this over your head. You got someone, you are, do you know how many men who right now are listening to this going, you son of a bitch, you have a woman who's willing to do this with you. And I would give my eye teeth to be able to do that, to be able to have that with my wife, but my wife won't even consider it. And now you're freaking gaslighting her because it's not the way you want it. I can't with this. I can't. I literally can't. You guys are so selfish and so pig-headed. Knock it off. Okay? Seriously. And that's, I'm going to give you the same piece of advice. Done, done, done. Lock him up. Lock him up. Lock the internet up. Lock his money up. Done. Take his credit cards away. I don't care. You can act like a child. Well, then mommy's going to have to get fucking serious. <laughs> that's all there is to it. So... Same advice, darling. Same advice. Same advice. Okay, where am I? I? Oh my God, I have my notes are all screwed up here. Hold on, let me find it. Oh, yeah. Okay. The next question is from Chrissy. Now, she says, first time, long time fan. Thank you. I am so happy to hear that because I never hear anything from anybody. So it's nice to know you guys are out there listening. Um, I'm in a relationship that began hot and heavy. However, the fire and our intimacy disappeared. Being somewhat of a coward, I shut out my failure and turned to other ways of expressing my submissive male tendencies. Okay. I stumbled into the hands of a Dom phone sex worker. She encouraged me to confess to my life partner. I did. It was hard and painful. I was thinking of asking her to listen to your podcast regarding men and fetishes. I'm on the right path. She is very vanilla and is a successful litigator. I'm not so successful, but I'm devoted to her. We're in our 60s. Are you too old at some point to be truthful? Oh my God, you're never too old to be truthful. Never, 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 never. The thing is, if you can't be honest with the person that you have chosen to live the rest of your life with, who the fuck are you going to be honest to? 
this is your partner. This is your 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 partner in crime, allegedly, till death do you part. So you, here's the thing. When you're not honest and a woman finds this out after 30 years, she sits there and is literally going, oh my God, I, my whole life has been a lie. It's a creepy, horrible feeling. So I would, I, I can't tell you how much and how important it is to be truthful, to be honest to your partner. Everything should be on the up and up. If you guys have kinks, I know it's hard to tell her. I get it. I really do. But remember, I did that show. I talked to her for you. So, you know, you can get them to listen into that. And it explains it a lot better than you probably could because you probably will screw it up. And most men do because you're just so excited. But in the end, she also doesn't have to fulfill and fulfill any of your kinks because if she's not into it, why should she have to? And you have to be prepared for that. So in a situation like this, it's a shame to me that you weren't honest from the very beginning. Because you don't know all these years, she may have been able to have fun with you and your kinks. But if someone came to me after I've been with them 30 years and I find out they have a whole complete other side to themselves that they never felt they could tell me, that would break my heart. That would fucking break my heart. So don't do that. Tell her how you feel. It's never too late. You're never too old. Doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. But I think it's important if this is the person that you want to spend your life with, that you feel closest to. Otherwise, why in the relationship? You know, I, I realize that you may not get what you want, but be a lot easier to deal with if you know the person knows about it and you don't have to keep sneaking around. This sneaking around shit is getting on my nerves because it doesn't need to be that way. And it, it shows such disrespect to your partner. And honestly, I question why you're with that person. Because if you've got to keep seeking everything elsewhere, unless, like I said, if, if, if you've got a situation where your partner is just like, I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Okay, that's cool. Now you kind of have to seek it elsewhere. But I don't know how many men tell me, oh, my wife will never do it. Oh, no, she's not going to do it. No way, she's too vanilla. <laughs> Did you ask? No. Then how do you know? How do you know? And doesn't she get the chance to have, you know, first dibs at playing with you that way? Wouldn't it be better if you played in-house? It's a lot easier, I'll tell you that much. So, never too old, dude. Never too old. Always be truthful. Always let them know your kinks. Let them know your kinks. They can handle it. We've handled worse. <laughs> We're women. We're the ones who are strong, remember? <laughs> we can handle it. We may not be happy about it, 
but we can handle it. So, okie dokie. What do we got here? Oh, next question is from Janet. Now, Janet, I think Janet is not Janet. I think Janet is actually someone. Actually, I think Janet is someone from who was asking all the questions last time about race play. <laughs> Just saying. And Janet writes, and it's not, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I know that it's probably the same person, but it's okay. Bring it up. I'm willing to discuss the topic. That's fine. Why is the majority of the cuckolding lifestyle interracial? Do women really love humiliating their own men and making fun of them? Well, here's the reason why, and you're probably not going to like the reason why. The reason why you see a lot of interracial and a lot of BBC stuff in cuckolding is simply because of the fact that unless you are blind, deaf, and dumb, you can see, and yes, I'm going to get white hatred on this and I don't care, that black men are superior to white men when it comes to penis size. And I'm even going to go as far as sexual technique. So it's not that it's, you know, it's just, it's different. Okay. And most people really, most women really enjoy it. Okay. So you have that aspect of it. Now, the other aspect of it is you've got, you make it sound as though it's always the woman. And it's just so horrible. She just won't fuck white men. What's the deal? I got to tell you something, my friend. It is not usually the female. It's usually her husband saying, please fuck a black man. Please, please fuck a black man. It's not her. And then she goes, well, okay, no problem. Most women don't give a shit what color someone is. They really don't. They're just looking at dick size and whether they fuck relatively good and can bang the shit out of you. Because the basis of cuckolding is not about humiliation of the husband. It is not about um, the relationship exploding and her treating him like a bag of shit dust the way you see it, inter the way you see it on the internet. That's just, like I said, again, we're back to entertainment here. We're feeding the heavy submissiveness. So no, that's not the way it actually works. This has nothing to do with overt humiliation. I never humiliate my husband. Never. I don't have to. Do you not think that a man sitting there having the fucking steel balls that it takes to watch your wife get plowed by another man... Do you really, really think that this is all, it's all her fault? You're taking a very misogynistic viewpoint. Okay. You say your name's Janet, but I don't think you're a female. It's too misogynistic to look at it as, well, it's all the female's fault. You know, why does it have to be interracial? Why is it that you're making fun of your husband? Why do, do women really love humiliating their husbands? Some women do. I don't. I don't particularly like to see my husband in any kind of extreme submissive behavior because that's not the guy that I want to be with. So 
my, in my case, my husband is very middle of the road, right? Like he's not super submissive. People go, oh, you know, you got him in chastity. No, don't have to. Man would never, ever, ever, ever dream of doing anything. <laughs> Challenge you. Go right ahead. Bring over the hottest female you got. Go right ahead. I have no problem with that. So it depends on the male. But you got to remember, most of these men are coming to their wives. Why? Very few women are going and looking for cuckold relationships. This is men dragging cuckolding back to their wives. Oh, yeah, I kind of want to see you suck another guy's dick. That's how it usually starts. And then, well, it would be kind of cool if another guy could fuck you. You got to understand the husband loves this. This is not some battle axe female walking in, putting a gun to his head, going, I'm fucking everything. It, <laughs> I, I, I can't with this shit. Oh, you can really tell it's fall. My allergies are insane. I sound horrible. Um, but seriously, this isn't, it's portrayed sometimes as these, as a matter of fact, that god awful doctor wrote that book, Insatiable Women. Fuck you. This has nothing to do with women being insatiable. It has nothing to do with women being cruel or mean or horrendous. Because as I said, most of the women who are doing this are doing it at the request of their husband, not the other way around. So you can't bitch about this. And the racial aspect of it is always going to be there. You can't, you guys keep freaking out about race play in sex. You will never get rid of that. I spoke with two submissive black males this week who are devastated and so intensely ashamed of their feelings sexually. And they shouldn't have to feel that way. So this whole shit about everybody has to be in this particular role is just that. It's bullshit. Let everyone do what they want when it comes to sex behind closed doors. It's none of your business what someone's cuckold relationship involves. If it involves dragging her husband around on a collar and a leash, I'm going to assume that he's enjoying that. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. So knock it off. Quit standing there with your finger out going, shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. Yes, I get it. On some level, you do kind of go, well, doesn't this perpetuate things? I personally think it does, and it's probably not a good idea. But you're not going to remove it. You're not going to fix it. This is an innate part of sex. So <laughs> you got to learn to roll with this instead of getting freaked out when you see women allegedly that's the other thing you're looking online you're looking at shit on twitter you're looking at social media going oh my god she treats her husband horribly dude please try to remember one thing again social media entertainment everybody's putting on bullshit okay look at my life look at my life look i'm so cool Ooh, look at how dominant i am Ooh, look at this guy he's kissing my feet it's all meant for show. It's all meant to get you to call them and to buy their shit. Okay, so simmer down. Stop taking everything so literally and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing behind closed doors. Because it's technically what do you think about it? It's pretty sick that you're worried about how other people are fucking. That you're worried about how someone else is making their money or how someone else enjoys their sex. 
It's none of your business. So knock it off. Quit worrying about it. You do your thing. Let others do theirs. And, okay, we've got one last question, and it's an anonymous one. And what do we got here? Hi. Hi. My wife and I have been together for over 25 years. Well done. Way to go. I'm sorry, but people need kudos for that. I'm doing 25 this actually next month. So, you know, way to go. I, I Kudos to you for making it that far. And she is the love of my life. Beautiful. I suffer from permanent erectile dysfunction, but I am talented in oral, or so I'm told. We both had crazy sex lives before we met, and after, until an injury made it hard to have any kind of sex, we haven't had sex in 17 years. Um, I know she loves sexual intercourse a lot, and obviously I can't give her that. So, over the last 10 years or so, I've been researching cuckolding. Let's get this straight. This is not a kink or fetish for me. I want the love of my life to be satisfied. And if I can't do all of the things she loves, then I want to facilitate a way for her to get those things. My God, can, can we just pin that on a wall somewhere? That's the most, sorry, I hit that. That is the most beautiful thing I've read in a long time. This right here is how it's done. Not everyone doing cuckolding is doing it from a kink perspective. Some people have actual medical issues. So let's keep that in mind as well. Because I get tired of that, that it's all, you know, all because some guy has a little dick. That's not the way it is. There are some people who are doing this for complete legit medical reasons. So this is one of those cases. And this is beautiful. He wants, this is the way it should be, guys. He wants to see his wife satisfied because he can't, for whatever reason, and he, he's going to get off on seeing that because he's facilitating it. Do you get it? Okay, so he goes on. Oh, that was really rude. Anyways, okay, so he goes on. I tried to open a dialogue about cuckolding, but was clumsy and I think I scared her. I explained that I would continue to be totally devoted and faithful to her and would encourage her having sex with other men. All I would ask is that I be allowed to watch so that I might feel connected in some way to her enjoyment. That, in a way, the bull would be an extension of my flaccid penis. Also, some common sense rules more for safety than anything else. I'm not seeing anything wrong with this, my friend. I think this is just absolutely beautiful what you've done. So let's keep going. I reminded her that when we first met, she told me that the ideal relationship would be to be married to a wonderful, stable man who was supportive and loving, while every six months or so, a bad boy would roll into town, pound her hard, and then leave. It's perfect. <laughs> and as someone who's done it, it's perfect. Okay. That's how it's done right there. She remembered, but said she didn't really mean it. I asked if she didn't miss intercourse, and she said yes, but she just masturbated when she did. She said she didn't think that she could have anyone watch her do it. Okay, that's fair. I told her I could compromise and view over Skype or Snapchat. I wouldn't do that, but I would do like FaceTime or something. You need something a little bit more private than that, but whatever. I explained that some cuckolds like to hear the cuckoldress talk about their experience, but I was visual. You're doing this right, dude. This is beautiful. Which she knows. Also, 
She is horrible at describing things like trips, movies, etc. She acknowledged that, but shut the conversation down. I just want to have a real in-depth conversation about the subject, but she isn't having it. No matter what is finally decided, I just want a conversation that truly goes both ways. Is all hope lost? No, all hope is not lost. All hope is never lost. You will find that some women have that, just as she said, have that, it's almost like a stage fright where the idea of being watched having sex is just mortifying to them. That can come from a myriad of reasons. So, and the reason why doesn't matter. The fact is it's there. So we got to give her that. We have to be fair because that's a legitimate fear. It's a legitimate thing to feel weird about. Would you, I'm going to throw some ideas out, would you be willing to allow her to have sex with someone and you don't watch the first time? Because sometimes it just takes her getting her feet wet. Now, another thing that you have to remember is that sex for women isn't the big deal that it is for men. It's just something that we are capable of putting on a shelf, which is what she's done. So part of her also doesn't want to hurt you. She doesn't want to go, oh, well, yeah, I want to go fuck other men because she doesn't, she's going to think that if she comes out and says it, it's going to hurt your feelings because this isn't a kink, right? So she doesn't want to make you feel bad. She doesn't want to make you think that this is something she desperately needs. So that's why she was like, well, no, I was just being silly. She probably was at the, in the moment. She probably was being silly about the whole, you know, it'd be nice for some guy to roll in, fuck the shit out of me and, you know, fuck off. And I honestly think it would make her feel a little bit better. I think it would make her feel almost more alive again. So I would like to see her be able to do this. But I'm going to be honest with you. Some women just can't because it freaks them out. The idea of fucking another man freaks them out. The idea of fucking another man in front of you freaks them out. So if the idea would be for her, well, honestly, I'm trying to come up with something that you can discuss with her that she will open up to because usually people, they open up more to benefits as a basis of marketing, right? So you need to come up with the benefits for her. Well, the problem is you're going to go, well, she gets to get fucked. Well, she's shelved that. She's okay now with not getting fucked. So that's not going to do you any good, right? So you got to find other benefits for her in this. Is this something that otherwise you would like to tie into your own sexuality? Because maybe if you said, well, this is kind of, like I said, he is an extension of me. So it's like, I'm fucking you. And I would really like to experience that. That's fair because that's what you want. So maybe if you come at it from one, the fact that this isn't some weird kink, which I know you would have, but you're going to have to reiterate that. You're going to have to give her more options than you watching right off the bat, because since we know that is a phobia or a fear of hers, you're going to need to pull that one off the table at the beginning. It doesn't mean it stays that way, 
But for a lot of people, it takes a little bit of time to get used to this. And the other thing you have to remember is that for some women, they need an emotional tie to the guy she's fucking. So if she's one of those people, she may not want to just fuck some guy and have him leave. So you got it. It's hard because we need to get into her head. So it would be nice if she could open up and, and talk to you and say, well, this is the, these are my issues. This is why. But if you went to her and said, look, we've got to discuss this. Okay. Because this is, this is a thing. It may not seem like a thing for you, but it's a thing for me. So we really need to have an open, honest discussion about this sexual issue because it's important to me. This is important to me. So I'm asking you to sit down. I'm asking you to listen to me. And I'm asking you to please give me your feedback. What's going on in your head when I bring this up? Because this has nothing to do with kink. Zero. Nada. This has to do with me wanting to facilitate your sexual happiness. It's something that I, I crave to do for you. Because I can't have sex for you with, with you. I can't do traditional shit. So we need to think outside of the box because we're not dead yet. So therefore, sex is still on the table despite the issues. So I just think it's only fair that we sit down and, you know, have this open discussion. And let's see if we can't come to some kind of compromise that makes us both happy. So you see, if you're, if you're coming at it from that standpoint, she's more apt to listen to you because you're coming at it from your own feelings, your own way of, of how it would help you as opposed to, well, I just want to see you happy because right now she's going, I am happy. What's your problem? So you can't come at it from that, from that angle. She doesn't know what she's missing either. The problem is when women shelve their sexuality, when they, when they shelve their sexual appetites and their libido, which happens a lot, um, they don't remember what they're missing. You know, it, it, it's just a gradual thing over time and you go, well, I can masturbate. It's good enough. And you don't really worry about it. We just learn to do that. <laughs> just the way women are. If something cuts off the love supply, and we obviously you're still with your partner, you love your partner. Well, there's an issue. Of course, I'm not going to go and run out and fuck somebody. I'm going to, you know, stay by my partner's side. And if it means I masturbate for the rest of my life, what the fuck do I care? That's how women think. So you can't come at it from the standpoint of, well, you know, I'm really, really wanting to do this for you because I want to see you get satisfied because she's going to go, I'm satisfied. I'm fine. Twist it. Come at it from your point of view. This isn't just about seeing you satisfied. This is for me too. Because I need this. I need to have this intimate connection with you. And this man is going to be an extension of that. It's like a surrogate in a way. That's essentially what you're doing. It's not even true cuckolding, if you think about it. Because cuckolding is like super harsh and female-led and whatever. If you think about it, it it's... It, just the way it is. So it's almost more of using a sexual surrogate in this case, as opposed to true cuckolding. Because if you, that's the other thing. If you throw the word cuckolding out and then she goes and Googles it, dear Lord, the shit she's going to be reading. She's just going to go, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. Mm -mm. You know, and you can't blame her. So no, I, I would, I would even pull the word cuckolding off the table.
because all you're really doing is looking for a sexual surrogate that can, like, you don't want him belittling you. You don't want, like, this isn't about a massive kinky sex thing. This is about him being an extension of you. So you're going to want to find a guy who is not necessarily into cuckolding, probably more a single male into swinging would work better because a bull, you know, he's going to jump in and start taking over and acting like an asshat. So depending on who you're with, obviously there's, there's some great bulls out there. Don't get me wrong. They're not all stupid, but you'd have, you just have to be pickier so that this person realizes this isn't really what we're doing. It's, it's cuckoldish. <laughs> it's cuckoldy. <laughs> so I just, I wouldn't, don't get too hung up on verbiage. Okay. Don't worry about the word cuckold. Just be like, you know what? The more I looked into this, it's not cuckolding. It doesn't work. It's more just me wanting to use a guy as being an extension of me so that I can be with you that way again. I think that's a beautiful thing. So that's what I would do. But no, I don't think all hope is lost. I think you just need to twist it a little bit. That is all. So that is the end of the questions. Again, you guys did an amazing job on questions. Yay. And keep them coming. Please, please. We will still probably do kinky questions on the Halloween show. If you've got some pseudo really creepy kinky questions, that's even better. <laughs> but yeah, hey, get those kinky questions in because you're going to get two shows this month. Lucky devils. That's just because I was slow in September. I admit it. I just couldn't be bothered. I admit it. There are times when I'm just like, oh, I just want to go and be quiet, which is what I do. So now are you ready? Now we really know what I want you to do is go, go refill your wine glasses and roll another joint because it's, you know, sexy bedtime stories from Dwayne here. And I actually think we should do sexy bedtime stories at the end of every show, to be totally honest. So I was actually going to say that if you want to send in a, a sexy story, you preferably real. We like them real. You know, let's turn this into like a, you know, penthouse forum thing. So send in your, sorry, send in your, um, send in your stories and, and your experiences and, you know, like, and let's have fun, sexy, kinky bedtime stories. I think that's going to be cool. So let's get into Dwayne Dwayne, shall we? Dwayne Dwayne. And we're going to start off with the gum job. My manager took me with him on my first band business trip. We were starting to need to play bigger places, but the cheap bastard didn't want to pay for the larger venue's prices, so we were schmoozing venue owners for the best price possible. We went to a theater that was pretty good-looking and was owned by a husband-and-wife team. Let's call them A and B. After introductions and a quick look at the stage, my manager said he needed to check us into the hotel we'd be staying at for the next few days, and I should just hang out and take the venue tour until he got back. A and B will take good care of you, he said as he left. A, the wife, offered to give me the tour while B did some paperwork. Seemed legit to my naive behind. A showed me the balconies and backstage areas. 
She suggested we go up to the ceiling where some of the rigging platforms were. That was rickety, creaky, and scary. After climbing up a staircase, we came to a secluded room with a portal to see the stage. Great for a follow spotlight, so I put that in the memory file for later. As I turned back from the portal, A was standing in front of me, butt naked. She was a lady of maybe 55, and her husband about the same. She said, your manager says that you're popular with the ladies. Why don't you come over here and show me why? Before I could object, she was standing beside me, unzipping my fly. She got on her knees and said, Satisfy me, or you'll lose this building. Now I'm naked, with this lady jerking my dick. Looking at my now hard dick, she said, Well, I won't have to worry about you choking me, now will I? (laughs) Burn, Dwayne. Ever had a gum job? She then removed her false teeth, both uppers and lowers, and began to feverishly suck my dick. I proved her wrong by making her choke several times. The sensation of a gum job is like having your dick between two rolling pins. <laughs> God, Dwayne, seriously. Oh, that was epic. With a bit of pressure going from the tip to the balls over and over. Actually really awesome. A then shoves two split wet fingers up my ass and begins to massage my prostate. How I know about prostate orgasms will have to wait for a later story. We'll find that out. So to recap, my dick is getting sucked by a toothless woman. (laughs) By a toothless woman. Oh my god, who is really close to making me blow from both penis and prostate when I hear something over my shoulder. I look and there's B, also naked, masturbating as he watches me and his wife. I orgasm in A's mouth intensely and collapse to the floor with her in tow. B is now standing over us as he ejaculates over both A and my faces. She grabs me by the hair and in a voice that Pazuzu would be proud of. <laughs> Look that up if you <laughs> Oh my god. Honestly, Dwayne, you really shouldn't have been doing rock and roll. You should have been doing stand-up. So in a voice that Pazuzu would be proud of, says, You're not done, boy. It's supper time. <laughs> and forces me head between her thighs to lick a pussy that looks like an Arby's roast beef sandwich with extra beef hanging off the side. I'm talking meat curtains. When I work, I work for excellence. So my licking brought her two quick orgasms. I think I'm done. Ah, no. B, turning during the lick fest, had been sucking my dick and damn it, I was hard again. A climbs on top of me and starts riding me hard while B drops his balls in my mouth. What the fuck is going on here? I had no choice. So I began sucking on his balls while he played with his nipple and A started to kind of howl as her orgasm climbs. Bazuzu, so it wouldn't surprise me. I just want to come and get the fuck out of this weirdness. B pulls his balls out of my mouth and now inserts his 
small but coke can girth dick in my mouth. All of a sudden, A begins convulsing like she's being electrocuted and her pussy walls clamp down on my dick. B is grunting and thrusting faster. I'm about to come, thank God. A orgasms and I shoot my load into her beef and cheddar orifice. (laughs) Oh my God. B shoots a watery load on my face and off to the right I hear a Polaroid camera go off. I look in that direction to see my manager, pants at half-mast, dick in one hand, and camera in the other. Looks like I missed a good time. Glad I could capture this moment for posterity, and maybe a little blackmail, he said as he shot his own semen onto the floor. Everyone got dressed, cleaned up, and adjourned to A and B's office. Feeling a bit dirty and very confused, I heard A say, The building is yours for your price for one year. At the end of that year, we'll need to renegotiate our deal. Bring the pretty boy. And no need for blackmail with me and the husband. (laughs) We have far worse pictures we show our friends. They signed the paperwork, and the manager and I got in the car and drove to the hotel. He started laughing and said, I meant blackmail for you. The band would be horrified to see you with that man's dick in your mouth. Hmm? So, here's the deal. You do similar things with other interested owners we visit, and I'll need a tune-up every now and then, too. Fuck, he had me. Oh, well, my girlfriend had just died. I'm sorry about that, Dwayne. And I was pretty lost. Better to lose myself in pleasure than a needle full of morphine again. Truth. Deal, I guess. The smile on my manager's face got even bigger. Good. It's settled. Now slide over here and jerk me off. Blackmail makes me horny. As I slid across the bucket seat, I thought, Did Clapton have to do this kind of shit? Welcome to the big time, boy. Well, Dwayne, I'm sure Clapton didn't have to, but I think he probably did anyway. (laughs) All righty, now for Dwayne's virgin pegging story. This is it, boys and girls. Strap in. Or should I say, (laughs) strap on. Right, Dwayne? I feel this story needs some context. It's the mid-70s. I've just turned 17, although my ID says 21 so that I can play strip clubs and bars. I'm the youngest member of the band. Everyone else is 21 or older. This is pre-accident, so I'm 6'1", 125 pounds, with a thick brown shag haircut almost to my ass and a 29-inch waist. At 6'1 and 125, you must have looked like a human goalpost. That's tiny. I'm told that I have an apple butt. (laughs) I gotta learn to read these first. (laughs) Dwayne, you're killing me with this shit. Although I don't know why girls and women call me pretty. Probably because at the time with the long fluffy hair. Never handsome or good looking. At least until my 30s. This is a time when it was okay to smoke, wear fur and leather and... Have long hair and unisex clothing was still a fashion statement. 
Men wore peasant blouses and hip-hugger bell-bottoms, five- and six-inch leather heels were everywhere, and disco was starting to rear its ugly head. Many women went brawless and wore pantsuits and were thought weird by old folks. Drugs were everywhere, and we hadn't heard about AIDS yet. Condoms were only an option, and then for birth control primarily. My band was not touring nationally yet. The band was actually the rhythm section for a larger band that had horns. My 50-something band manager sang lead for a section of Tom Jones tunes we did. We played smaller clubs, country clubs, and private parties with the horn band. We played a circuit of four states and were popular and successful. We attracted an older audience, mainly due to the manager's Tom Jones thing. The younger crowd came in, usually after his set and the rock and roll set started. The manager's wife, let's call her Leah, did our makeup and was in her early 20s, so we talked a lot. The manager was filthy rich and had parties all the time, where we, the band, got to hobnob with the rich and sometimes famous. One night, after a night of booze and second all, I bemoaned to Leah that I was tired of trying to date. A year before, my then-girlfriend had died. I had mourned for a long time, but had begun to date again. Groupies were a momentary distraction. Girls my age were way too impressed with me being a musician and my money and prestige. I played country clubs and strip joints, for fuck's sakes. Older women just wanted me as a fuckboy. While penises and spunk were of interest to me, dating a man just wasn't in my wheelhouse then. I want to be pursued like I pursue women. I want to know what it's like to be treated like I treat women. Little did I know that statement would change my life in a few days. Leah invited me to a party the coming weekend. As we were having champagne with our breakfast, yes, I could be pretentious, she reminds me of my wanting to be treated like a woman statement and asked, Are you serious? I said I was and asked why. She told me that a friend of ours was very interested in me and could probably give me what I wanted. Who? I asked. Leah told me that it was a beautiful woman we knew who we call Anne. Anne was in her late forties, very beautiful, a widow and very wealthy. She was 5'11", toned, beautiful long brown curly hair, with olive skin. She had pert B-cup breasts and carried herself regally. Her brown eyes could melt your heart. She was pursued by men and women, but was always alone. She was a bit aggressive, which I liked, and would always touch my ass or graze my cock with her hand, discreetly at parties or gigs. But every time I'd try to make a move, she'd laugh, slap me on the ass and say, you're not ready yet, then walk away. When I related that to Leah, she laughed and said, you say you want to know what it's like to be pursued and treated like a woman, but you keep acting like a man. Stop. Anne is a very different kind of woman and likes to take the lead, to be in control. For lack of a better comparison, she likes to be the man in relationships. I know she really likes you, but you have to let her take the lead. Can you do that? 
If you can, I'll tell her about our previous conversation. If she pursues you, just let it happen. I was hard as a rock as I told her, yes, please tell her. (laughs) She smiled an odd smile and then said, prepare to get a nickname. She gives people she considers special to her nicknames. I started asking questions but was told to just let it happen. Party night finally arrived. It was held on Sunday at the manager's house, as we had played Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, with each night in a different city. I was tired, excited, and frustrated. Tired because three cities and three nights is grueling and not much sleep is had. Excited at hopefully seeing Anne and maybe starting something new with her. Frustrated because I didn't know if I could just let it happen. I sure wanted to. Also frustrated because a woman in my manager's social circle, in her mid to late 60s, had taken a shine to me and was always chasing me at parties, yelling to all that would listen and everyone did, and laughed, I want Dwayne to fuck me so hard that he breaks my hip. (laughs) Oh my God, why me? She always smelled of stale gin and Tic Tacs. I wasn't in the mood to indulge her groping and mauling, so I decided to make a quick getaway to the garage, which shared a wall with the party area. I hid behind the brick barbecue, keeping an eye out for Anne. It wasn't long until she appeared, spoke briefly to Leah, and then left. Fuck. I'd blown it somehow. I leaned on the barbecue and got out a cigarette, when out of nowhere came a well-manicured hand with a lighter and a voice asking, Need a light? The hand belonged to Anne. My brain exploded, but I had to keep my cool. Just let it happen. Yes, please, thank you. As she flicked the lighter to flame, I remembered something a woman had done when I lit her cigarette and tried to imitate it. As Anne brought the flame to the cigarette, I cupped both hands around it and lightly touched Anne's hand. Her eyes told me I just got a brownie point. Hiding from Irma, she said. Oh, yes. Good. Now I have you all to myself, she said softly. Gulp. Just let it happen. She took my cigarette from my lips, took a drag, and then flicked it into the yard. She then grabbed my hand and pulled me behind the garage where no one could see us. She pushed me up against the wall, pushed her right knee between my legs. She always wore some type of heel to make herself taller, and kissed me hard and passionately. She knew from past observation that I never wore underwear and put all of my junk on the right side where it formed a bulge. The bulge was larger now. She was grinding that knee against the bulge, and one hand had gotten under my shirt and was kneading my chest and playing with my nipples. As she pinched and fondled, our tongues were in a beautiful dance inside each other's mouth. I put one hand lightly on the nape of her neck, and the other on the small of her back, gently pulling her closer towards me. My hips arched forward, not in a thrust, but in accepting engulfment of her knee. 
Her free hand began rubbing my bulge, and a moan escaped me. What the fuck? My brain asked me. Shut the fuck up and let it happen, I mentally yelled. My left leg was feeling the heat from her groin. My body just started doing things on its own. My legs spread, and in a flash she had both of her legs between mine and began small thrusts into my crotch. I had to wrap one leg around her waist to keep from falling, but also because our crotches were closer. I was being dry-humped and loving it. The hand that had been feeling me up now went to my ass, and her mouth moved to my neck. She worked her tongue up to my ear. Fuck! My weak spot! And her other hand went into my pants and began rubbing my asshole. She pulled the hand out of my pants, brought its middle finger to my lips, and said, get it wet. I took it in my mouth, sucked until it was sloppy wet, never breaking eye contact and she put it back in my pants. Then she softly but firmly inserted her finger in my ass and whispered in my ear, You have a very tight pussy rosebud. Bit my earlobe and finger-fucked me. My body started fucking back. Eyes closed, head thrown back, and moaning like a schoolgirl, I was letting it happen. I opened my eyes and saw her looking at me with a combination of lust and appraisal. We disengaged and caught our breath. I have to leave soon because I have some out-of-town business this week and I need to pack, she said. She looked me in the eye, searching for a moment, and said, I talked to Leah about the conversation you two had. That and the last twenty minutes lead me to believe you're finally ready. Are you ready to be with me on my terms? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's about time, she laughed. I'm going to pick you up here at Leah's, Wednesday, and we're going out on the town. I'll send some things over I'd like you to wear, but mainly I want you to dress to impress. Dinner, dancing, and I guess we'll see. Leah will help you get ready, and I'll have some instructions with the things I'll send over. It might seem overwhelming at first, but I really think you'll be a quick learner. I'll see you Wednesday, Rosebud. She leaned in, kissed me, smacked me on the ass, and walked off smiling and headed towards Leah. I lit a smoke, looked up at the stars, and thought, This is really going to happen. I want to make her proud. Holy fuck, I got my nickname. The day after the party, Monday, I went home and slept in. I was awakened by a phone call from Leah, around 11 a.m., asking me over for lunch. I made it to her and the manager's house around 1 p.m. As I was arriving, the manager was leaving. Business and mistresses, I imagine. He and Leah have an arrangement. Rosebud, huh? <laughs> that means asshole in some circles, the manager laughed. Oh, and by the way, your secret is safe with Leah and me. <laughs> to the world and the band, you and Anne are just a regular, normal couple. Leah had come out to greet me and yelled, Rosebud doesn't mean asshole in Anne's circle, you pervert. It only means asshole in the gay community, so your comment says more about you than Dwayne. 
The manager grumbled something and got in his car and laughed. He's right about one thing. You are safe with us. And I know what Anne means by Rosebud, and I think you'll like it. But I'll let her tell you. Don't pay the manager any mind. He's just jealous, as am I, that it's not us making the connection with you. <laughs> never say never, though, right? She kissed me on the cheek, and we went inside for lunch. She told me that Tuesday, and especially Wednesday, would be very busy for us, and that I should stay with them at their house until the date. The manager would be gone until Wednesday, sometime, and she'd also feel safer in that big house. I agreed. She told me that later that night that she had arranged for my hairstylist to come by and get my hair looking good. She then mentioned that Wednesday we would be removing all of my body hair. Gulp. This is really happening, the brain said. It will take myself, M, a friend of hers that I knew casually, and Brunhilde, a complete stranger that I can't remember her name, but she truly looked like that name fit her, to get all of that hair off. That means you will be naked in front of us. Is that cool? Um, sure, I said, trying to be cool, but not succeeding. Leah had seen me naked while we all skinny-dipped in their pool, but never anything touching, really. This was going to be interesting. After lunch, I practiced trying to be more feminine. Walking, standing, sitting, shaking hands, eating, drinking. Fuck, this shit was hard. Finally, my stylist showed up, and it was time to relax. After my hair looked awesome, it was about 10 p.m., and we wanted to wind down. We smoked some hash and watched some TV. The phone rang, and it was Anne. She and Leah talked for a bit. All I could hear was our end of the conversation. Good. How's work? Rosebud? Oh, she's been working hard. She? Uh-oh. Just let it happen. Very happy with the progress. What? Yes! We decided on a pair of newly made red satin hip huggers. I know you like that cut of pants on her. Yeah, okay. She's right here. See you Wednesday. Leah handed me the phone, grinning from ear to ear, and pinched my left nipple as she went back to sit on the couch. The cord on the phone was so long, I went into the kitchen and leaned against the sink counter. Hi. How's the trip going? I asked. Good. Making money, she said. She then asked, Do you miss me? Of course, I said. Touch your clit she said. What? I asked, turning red. Take your hand, put it in your pants, and play with your clit for me. Just your thumb and forefinger and just on the head, no shaft. Just the head of your cute clit. Be quiet or Leah will hear. And if she does, you'll have to tell her what you're doing and invite her to watch. Do you understand? Yes. I did as she said and began masturbating only a few feet from Leah. My breathing became faster and shallower as I worked my now clitoris and was ready to come when Anne, who, except for a few mms and moans, had been silent, said, Stop. Don't come.
What the hell? My brain screamed. You don't get to come from now on unless I give you permission. I might, at my discretion, give that authority to another woman. But for now, it's up to me. As she was saying this, her breathing got faster and shallower, and she gave out a deep, ugh, then fell silent. Are you okay? I asked, but pretty much knew what had just happened. Yes, thanks for getting me off. I feel much better. Now I can go to sleep. Dream about me. I think you'll enjoy the gifts that will be delivered tomorrow for our date. Good night, she giggled and hung up. What the fuck just happened? Now I was horny as fuck, stiff as a board, and needed to calm down so I could sleep. As I walked around the counter into the living room, Leah turned her head and asked, How was your... Hmm. I can see that your call went very, very well. For her. And she laughed and laughed. See what happens when you're a girl. The man gets off and leaves us flustered. I bet she told you not to jerk off. Hmm? Aw, poor you. We smoked some more hash and my erection went down slowly much to the giggling delight of Leah. Tuesday started with a laugh, which I needed. I was awakened at 7 a.m. by Leah, naked except for a skimpy pair of panties, body and breasts bouncing on the bed, squealing, Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up! It's time to get to work, sweetie! Fuck! I was burned out from the hash the night before, and to be honest, feeling the weight of the impending date with Anne. What if I disappointed her? What if I couldn't pull this off? What if she took a look at me and was horrified? Just let it happen. Just let it happen. As I got out of bed, naked with a heart on, Leah bubbled. Anne left this with me Sunday night and said to give this to you before you did anything Tuesday morning. She handed me a sealed letter. Oh, can I help you with that stiffness? She giggled. Get the fuck out of here, you lunatic. Get out so we can get to work, I laughed. See you down at breakfast. Hurry up, bitch, she yelled as she skipped out of the room with way too much energy for this time of the morning. I opened the letter and read, Hello, love. You're probably feeling overwhelmed about now, but keep the faith. It'll be worth it. I know you're working hard for us. I'm so proud of you. Now another change for you. From now on, as long as we're together... You will go to the bathroom sitting down, everywhere, every day, every time. If you have to go into the woods, then you'll squat like a lady, like the lady you are and will grow to be. I'm very excited about Wednesday and can't wait to see you again. Just let it happen. After my first official urination sitting down as Anne's lady, I dressed and went downstairs and had breakfast with Leah. We small-talked and began to talk about the day. First, we'll go back over what we did yesterday. When your surprise arrives, we'll start working on other things less physical. Oh, what shoes are you wearing Wednesday night? You remembered that you can't wear heels anymore, right? Anne likes to be taller than her squeeze. You're 6'1", so she's going to have to wear a 5-inch heel to be 6'4", she said. I nonchalantly said, I brought a pair of black capizios. What? 
You can't wear black shoes with red pants. Are you insane? Oops, I offered. We then went verbally over all of the shoes that I owned and were getting bummed until I remembered a pair of ostrich leather boots that had been made by a lovely couple who made all of my satin pants, suits, shoes, and boots. That pair had no heel, which at the time they were made I hated, and they had a pointed toe, which I thought was too feminine and imagined they would hurt. What color are they? Leah asked. Hmm, Light brown, I believe. Perfect. After lunch, you run back home and get them. It'll take you, what, about 20 minutes? And bring all of your jewelry. We need to see if you have some things that will fit the occasion. I mumbled, cool, and finished breakfast. We worked all morning on sitting and standing. All the shit we worked on the day before. As we stopped for lunch around noon, M showed up. We said hi and set about getting some food. I didn't know M so well. Asked her to tell me a bit about herself. She was Asian, mid-twenties, like Leah, and worked as a makeup artist at the salon Leah went to. Her love, though, was helping men realize their inner woman through makeup. She also told me that her lips were sealed about all that was about to happen to me, and she said she thought I was brave and cute. Then she said, I brought false eyelashes with my kit today, but obviously we won't need them. Damn, your lashes are long. Leah piped in, Hey, cutie, go get your shoes. Turning to M, Can you believe he was going to wear black shoes with red pants? They both looked at me, horrified, and said in unison as if they had planned it, Heathen! and burst into laughter. I'm gone! and went to get my boots. When I returned with the shoes and jewelry, I heard a cacophony of ooing and aahing from the kitchen. As I entered, I saw Leah, M, and another woman, who looked in her seventies, standing around a large box on the kitchen table. As they saw me, they all started speaking at once, and I couldn't understand a word they were saying. Stop! They complied. First, introduce me to this nice woman. This is Brunhilde. I can't remember her real name. She also speaks in a language I don't understand. She said two words in two days that were clear to me, and they were epic, as you will soon learn. She needs to see how much hair is to be removed tomorrow. Plus, she's an old family friend, Leah said. Evidently, Leah spoke the same language as Brunhilde. Okay, now, what is all of this hubbub about? They stepped away from the table so I could see the box. It was from a very expensive furrier and had been delivered while I was gone. This is your surprise from Anne. She must really like you. Not only is she taking you to a place most of her dates would take months to earn the right for, but now this? That motherfucker of a husband had better get me something this nice really fast and the ladies burst into laughter. We wanted to open it, but it's yours, so hurry the fuck and open it. I took off the lid and pulled back two pieces of tissue paper. Underneath were two envelopes, one addressed to Leah, the other to me. Mine said, read after you see the contents of the box, privately. The ladies all went, Ah! I shot them all dirty looks. 
pocketed my envelope, and gave Leah hers. Next was a clear makeup bag. In it was lipstick and matching nail polish, as well as a bottle of perfume. The lipstick was called Peach Fuzz, hence why I remember it. The perfume was called Opium, but I forget the name of the polish. I handed the bag to M, my heart beating very fast, and it was hard to breathe. Next was an absolutely beautiful pair of red silk panties, cut low to fit under my pants and be unseen. I was now sporting wood, and the women were abuzz about everything so far in the box. Next was a beautiful white cotton peasant blouse. It was so thin that I could see my hand opaquely through the fabric. The fit was loose and flowing and the sleeves long and flared with no buttons. The bottom hem would sit just above my hip bones when worn. It had a small v-neck with embroidery around the neck and yoke of small rosebuds in vines. Okay, I was hard as a rock and clandestinely maneuvered myself behind a chair to hide my excitement. And now for the pièce de résistance. Beneath two more pieces of tissue paper was something, even today, almost too magnificent for words. I pulled out a bohemian-style vest, no buttons, and it would come down to my hips when worn, made of red fox fur. The colors were fire reds, browns, and whites, and it was so soft. I would never wear fur now, but hey, it was the 70s, don't judge me. I won't lie, I almost came in my jeans. Anne had spent an enormous amount of money on me, as well as hair and M's time. I almost vomited, truly. The enormity of what I was doing just fell on me. The good thing is that it also killed my erection. I had to sit down. Leah read my emotions and brightly said, Obviously, this bitch is dumbfounded by her lady's generosity. M, break us all off some hash. Brunhilde, make us some tequila sunrises. Everyone cool with tequila? It's Rosebud's favorite drink. Yeah? Okay. Let's move, ladies. I sat down and was quiet for a long time. During the quiet time, I smoked some hash, downed two tequila sunrises, and was feeling quite happy. I saw Brunhilde whispering something to Leah that made her sigh. Sweetie, I know you're overwhelmed right now, but Brunhilde needs to see your body hair so she will know what to bring. And she needs to leave, so would you mind? In my haze, I stood up, took off my shirt and undid my pants and dropped them to my ankles and stepped out of them. Luckily for me, I still had a three-quarter chub going, so there was no laughter concerning my penis. M smiled and said, somebody's feeling loose today, while Brunhilde grabbed me by the penis and balls and used them as a handle to turn my body around to inspect the hair. She jerked up on them to view my taint, and then she was gone. What she left was me standing with a raging heart on, again. Leah yells, orgy! And I ran and jumped in the pool for safety. What's the matter? Saving your cherry for Anne? Both she and M laughed hysterically, got naked, and joined me in the pool, and, and immediately were all over each other. Remember, Leah and the manager have an arrangement. 
This was too much for me to process at that moment, so I took my erection and went to my room. After I got dressed again, the ladies were through with their frolic, and we spent the rest of the day and some of the evening with M getting just the right makeup to compliment my face and the lipstick Anne sent. Please, if I start to look like those street-corner transvestite hookers downtown, tell me and we'll figure something else out. M was so sweet and said, nothing to worry about. This face would never allow that, nor would I. When the final alchemic combination had been arrived at, I was allowed to look in a mirror. I looked pretty damn stunning, if I do say so myself. M had minimized many of my more masculine features and brought out my more feminine ones. Understated, but elegant. Wow, I said. The lipstick was a shade darker than my skin color, and I was wondering if it was too much. Nope. Anne picked perfectly. Under darker situations and club lights, it will soften. Your lady has good taste in makeup and partners. Ah. Now that we had arrived at the final product, I had to learn to reapply it while Anne and I were out. It took a minute, but I finally got the gist of it. Remember, this lipstick has to be reapplied often, and... Em had been interrupted by Leah yelling, What the fuck is this monstrosity? From the other room, where my bag of boots and jewelry were. She entered the room holding something by two fingers at arm's length, as if it were dead and stinking. What the fuck, Rosebud? I had brought a handmade leather belt, light brown, that had a pouch on the side. I thought I could put cigarettes, lighter, ID, money, and now makeup in it. Is Anne dating Davy fucking Crockett? Leah asked. Em responded, Oh, honey, this will not do. Leah then snorted, Sit here and practice some more. I'll get you something from my closet. After about 15 minutes upstairs, with lots of cursing filtered downstairs, Leah finally returned with something metallic in her hand. This is a gold barrel clutch purse from Italy. It's about eight inches long and two inches with a mirror on the fold over top. It will hold your smokes, lighter, ID, and money, which you won't need. And your makeup. This is what a lady carries, not that thing. So, the belt is out? I asked, full of piss and vinegar. She looked at me, anger dissipating, and said, Cunt! And then laughed. She and M showed me how to hold it overhand style, index finger pointed along the top, and how to hold it in both hands to be demure. They also told me to place it at the back of my chair when eating, and not to place it on the table. That was a trashy no-no. Fuck, more shit to learn and remember. We finally went to bed, me to the guest room and Leah and M to the master bedroom, all knowing that tomorrow was the real deal. I wanted to make everyone so proud. I was also wanting to make me proud. This was important. This, I had a feeling, would be life-changing for the good. I went to sleep going over all the things I needed to remember, serenaded by my two friends in the other room going at it and sounding like howler monkeys. God, I love my life. I woke up before sunrise and realized that Wednesday, D-Day, had finally arrived. I got out of bed, went and took my now-natural sitting pee, 
and went out onto the small balcony attached to my guest room. The early October breeze blew against my naked skin as I lit a cigarette and enjoyed the sunrise. As nature called me to wakefulness, I thought back on the events of the last three days. I had a new nickname, learned many new mannerisms, and now, very naturally, answer to a whole new set of pronouns. I thought about Anne, who started working for her family's business at 14, earned a junior VP position in her early 20s, had inherited a national corporation at 27, and as CEO turned that company into a small, prestigious international corporation by 32. And this lady wanted me. I was on the brink of something very new, scary, and wanted. I realized that I just had to let go of the stress. If I hadn't internalized all the things I'd learned in the past few days, then it wasn't going to happen tonight. I had faith in my hard work and my friend's machinations on my behalf, and in Anne's faith in me. This would work. Just let it happen. I took my first of many showers, dressed in short pants and a tank top, and went downstairs to see Leah and Em eating breakfast in robes that were open to reveal their naked bodies. This had to be the freest family I had ever met. As I opened my mouth to tease the ladies about the sounds from last night, Leah's hand went up, palm out, and she hissed, Hush! From here on, the rest of the day was a bit of a blur. Brunhilde showed up at 9 a.m. with a massage table and a bag of hair removal products. She gave me a wonderful massage, and then the three ladies set to work. After an hour and a half of shaving, nair, wax strips, and a horrible-smelling concoction made by Brunhilde, I was successfully smooth as a baby's ass all over. Halfway through the process, they had begun to work on my bush, as Anne had specified a small, close-cut triangle in that area. I popped a boner, and the two younger ladies lost their minds and started betting to see who could make me come first. First one hand then another trying to edge me towards release. Brunhilde stepped forward, pushed the scamps aside, and yelled the first of two words I actually understood her to say in the time I'd been around her. She yelled, Enough! and grabbed me by the scrotum. This caused my erect penis to stand straight up, and with an open palm, slapped my dick so hard that I swear she knocked it out. The hag knocked my dick out. She also had knocked out my orgasm. I immediately went limp, and the hair removal proceeded without further incident. After the hair removal, I took another shower. M had asked a jeweler friend of hers to stop by as my jewelry was too masculine and clunky. I bought several rings, and the lady seemed satisfied. Lunch came and went without much to talk about. The two younger ladies tried to keep things light so as not to stress me out, and Brunhilde scurried about keeping busy. Anne was to pick me up at 7.30 p.m. for a dinner reservation at 8, so I was about to get ready around 4 when Leah pulled me aside into the downstairs bathroom and put a green and white box on the counter. It was a single-use fleet enema. Before I could ask why, she laughed. You really are naive sometimes. It's for, and she made a little circle with her left hand 
thumb and forefinger and pushed her right forefinger through it, imitating fucking. Oh, I said, in case she finger fucks me again. Great idea. She shook her head and laughingly said, right, finger fucking. Take a shower after you're done and then find me. Em and I need to help you get dressed and hurry up. You still have to get your hair touched up and then make up. I did the enema and showered and headed out to get ready for my date. Em had done my nails during lunch, so at least that was taken care of. Hair went fast. I was told that my makeup should go on last. I just stripped and grabbed my panties. Hell, no need for modesty now. I noticed that they were very small. As I was getting ready to freak out, M piped in. They're small because Anne wants you to tuck your junk tonight. We'll push your balls into your abdomen and pull your dick back to bisect your empty scrotum. We'll then quickly pull your panties up to secure all of that to give you a smooth feminine look. If your dick comes forward a bit and your balls come down, the panties should contain them and give you, at worst, a camel toe. I laughed this time and said, I can do this. My mom did the same thing to me as a kid when she dressed me as a girl. All three ladies slack-jawed and laughed. A story for another day, to which M said, And we'll keep you to that, while Leah and Brunhilde shook their heads in agreement. Tucking and panties were followed by strategic perfume and my satin pants. I was amazed how in the mirror my masculine bulge was gone and replaced by a smooth crotch. I pulled the pants up slightly and grinned when a small vulva outline appeared. My blouse came next, then nylon ankle socks followed by my boots. M quickly put my hair back where it had been. Makeup was next, but I did it with supervision by M. Next were rings, a watch, and a few tiny bracelets and hoop earrings. Finally came the fox fur vest, and I looked at myself in the mirror, viewing the finished product. I was ready, except for getting the clutch purse loaded with everything I'd need. Once that was done, I looked at my watch. 7.30 on the dot. Knock, knock, knock. Ooh, gulp. Just let it happen. I moved to go into the foyer and answer the door, but was stopped by Leah and pulled into the other room. You will make an entrance. Anne will be amazed. Stay here until I get you. I heard the door open in Anne's voice with pleasantries. I heard Anne ask, is my lady ready? Leah was teary-eyed and motioned for me into the foyer. As I came around the corner, I saw Anne for the first time and my heart nearly stopped. Her long hair was parted on the left side and pulled back sternly into a bun. Her makeup was flawless, blood-red lipstick and matching nails. She wore a black blazer and matching set of gaucho pants that stopped mid-calf, under which was a pair of black knee-high boots that had five-inch heels. Under the blazer was a very sheer white blouse, no bra, with black suspenders covering her nipples. To top it off was a fedora hat that was rakishly tilted to one side. The quintessential feminine masculine dream. My new vulva twitched hard. I looked at her looking at me and saw pride and lust. We had done our jobs well. 
I closed the gap between us, placing my hand lightly on her chest, and kissed her cheek and said, You look handsome tonight. She held her breath for a second, eyes sparkling, and put her arm around my waist, brought me in firmly, chest to chest, and said in a low, emotion-filled voice, And you look amazing. Everyone will be jealous of me tonight. And kissed me on the mouth. As she let me go, I said, Us? They will be jealous of us? This brought a smile to her lips, and she stated, We need to go. Thank you all from both of us for all of your hard work on our behalf. I obviously chose the right people. In turn, Leah and M gave me a hug, whispering encouragement. Then Brunhilde stepped forward, hugged me on tiptoe, whispered in my ear the second word that I could understand. Beautiful! And she scurried to the kitchen in tears. Anne offered me the crook of her arm, and we went down to her Lincoln Town car. She opened the passenger door for me, and without looking, I extended my right hand for an assist to sit down. Without missing a beat, Anne's hand took mine, and I sat down. But first, put my knees and legs together and swung them into the car. I then looked into Anne's eyes and said, Thank you. The look on her face told me I had done well. Leah yelled out as Anne entered the driver's side, Should we wait up? With a shit-eating grin on her face, which was met with a middle finger from my date. The door closed and we were off to see the wizard. We were five minutes away from the house when I had to ask, so, Anne, the manager said my nickname meant asshole, so she pulled the car to the side of the road and looked at me sweetly in the eye. First, tonight, both privately and publicly, you will call me Daddy. We will both have different names for different social situations at different times. Second, in my circle, Rosebud doesn't mean asshole. It means pussy. And tonight you will be called Rose. Do you understand? She asked with a grin. Yes, Daddy. But does that mean I'm a pussy? Her grin got bigger. No, it means that you are my pussy. Correct? I leaned in and kissed her lightly on the cheek and purred, Correct, Daddy. She pulled back into traffic and we were off again. We went to eat dinner and dance at a very exclusive club. Friday through Sunday it was a high-income club for young people and closed during the week except Wednesdays for the very special, the rich and different. We valeted the car and Daddy was greeted by the doorman, whom I was introduced to. We entered and went down a mirrored hallway to the dining area. As we went down the hall, I saw us in the mirrors and was amazed and turned on by this couple that was reflected. I noticed a little swing to my hips and caught Daddy sneaking a peek at my ass. Just let it happen. The dining area consisted of ten leather booths arranged in a semicircle around the dance floor. A very long bar was behind the right-hand side booths against the wall. The kitchen was off to the left through two swinging doors. Seated at all of the occupied booths were couples like us. 
female-led, male-female couples, male-male and female-female. There was one normal male-female couple and several single people of all persuasions at the bar. Daddy introduced me to each and every one of them, and then we went to our booth. As I understand it, this club existed under the radar as long as things were not outlandish. Where normal restaurants could only serve beer and wine and you had to supply the hard liquor yourself, this club had a fully stocked bar. Daddy told me the staff was vigorously screened and all signed non-disclosure contracts. For this, they were paid well. The waitstaff and bartenders, male and female, wore tuxedos. Our waitress arrived shortly after we were seated at our booth to take our drink order. And what would the lady like to drink tonight? And looked at me. I put a hand on Daddy's shoulder and asked, Would you mind ordering for me tonight, Daddy? You always know the best things to choose. With a twinkle in her eye, she looked at the waitress and said, The lady would like a tequila sunrise, and I'll take a scotch. Neat. As the waitress left, I turned to angle my body toward Daddy, draped my left arm over her shoulders and put my right hand very high on her thigh under the table, squeezed and let my index finger brush against the crotch of her pants and said, Thank you. Did I do the right thing? Yes, baby. You've done wonderfully, and I'm very proud of you, she said as she leaned forward and put her hand on my crotch under the table and gave my vulva a firm, quick rub and over the pants fingering. Tonight is going to be fun, she said playfully. When our drinks came, Daddy also ordered our dinner. Our meals were five-star and delicious. I ate like a proper lady and was glad I was on feminine autopilot so I could truly enjoy the evening. After we finished our meal and the dishes cleared, we both enjoyed a cigarette, although Daddy wasn't normally a regular smoker. After, I asked, Daddy, may I be excused to go to the ladies' room? He said, Yes and scooted out of the booth. I followed, clutch bag in tow, accepted his hand to stand, and went to the powder room. While I sat to tinkle, I reapplied my lipstick and checked my hair with the clutch mirror. When I finished, I washed my hands, rechecked myself in the wall mirror, and returned to our booth. When I got back, Daddy stood and asked, May I have this dance? Took my hand and led me to the dance floor. Music was supplied by a jukebox that was always on and needed no coins. If someone wanted a specific song, they just pushed the right buttons and their song would begin when the current song ended. It mainly played slow songs, but fast ones would pop up or be requested. Daddy took my right hand in her left and placed her right under my left armpit, placing the flat of his hand on my left scapula and I placed my left arm on the top of his in the classic dance position. There was a split second where I struggled, but Daddy whispered, Let me lead, just relax and flow. I did, and our dance was magical. At the end of the song, we started to exit the dance floor, but we were stopped by one of the male-led couple leaders who asked Daddy if he could dance with me. Of course! And off we went. Daddy sat down in the booth and watched with a smile and glow of pride. 
My dance partner complimented me on my dancing and kissed my hand after the song ended. When I returned to the booth, a feminine male couple leader turned from talking to Daddy and said, I believe this dance is mine. Back to the dance floor I went. This happened until every couple leader had danced with me twice. And all but one of the single people had done the same. I was worn out. I finally scooted into the booth as Daddy scooted in after and beside me and asked, What just happened? Sipping on the straw of my second tequila sunrise. Daddy smiled a very toothy smile and explained, The first round of dances was them showing me and my date respect. In other words, good choice. The second round was all in respect and acceptance of you. You're a hit, just as I knew you would be. I felt myself blush. All for you, Daddy, I said quietly. I did see one thing that I would have changed, though. My heart stopped, thinking I had offended my wonderful date. Did I do something wrong? No. An oversight on my part. After seeing how beautiful you look tonight and how transparent your blouse is, I wish I had sent a bra with those panties. It would have been sexy seeing it under there. I was hit with a mischievous thought, turned sideways so no one could see what was happening, took Daddy's hand and put it under my blouse and onto my left breast. These aren't good enough like this? I coyly asked. She squeezed and kneaded my breast and pinched my nipple hard and replied, I love your breasts. I was just thinking of another way of presenting them. You'll see how much I love your whole body later, and removed her hand. Daddy lit my well-deserved cigarette and frowned as she scanned the room. As I exhaled smoke, I asked what the matter was. She asked, Have you had a good time? Have you experienced what it's like to be a lady pursued? Absolutely. Thank you so much. As you might guess, all is not a bed of roses for women. Sometimes we receive unwanted attention from men. It is, unfortunately, a part of a woman's life. It's how we handle it that shows our character. I'm going to allow you to experience the same thing. See the man slowly working his way towards us? He's a married judge and a lech. He's coming to ask me if he can dance with you, and I'm going to say yes. How you handle the dance is up to you and will show what you're made of. You want the full experience, right? As if on cue, the judge arrived and asked for the dance just after Daddy had finished speaking. Yes, judge. Are you going to behave yourself and treat her like a lady? Of course, the judge said. Daddy got out of the booth, helped me up and gave him my hand. Just remember, though, you promised to be nice. I will be angry if you disrespect my lady, Daddy said with a hint of menace in her voice. The two met eyes, and the judge and I were on the dance floor. It was a slow song, and as I raised my arms in the classic position, he pulled me body to body and wrapped his arms around my waist tightly. So the only place for my arms were around his neck. To make things worse, his four-inch penis was erect and poking me in my vulva. I couldn't escape without a scene, so I settled in for the duration. To add insult to injury, he was like a fucking octopus. 
One minute he's fondling my breast, then my ass, then trying to sneak down the back of my pants. As I fight those advances off clandestinely, he's trying to stick his tongue in my ear. As I move my head away from his cow tongue, he's whispering in my ear, telling me to meet him in the bathroom, where I can suck his dick and he'll fuck me like a real man. I tell him, you're just silly, aren't you? After what seemed to be an hour, the song ended, and I went back to the safety of the booth and daddy. As I sat down, the judge headed towards the bathroom and nodded in that direction as some pervy invitation to join him, which gave me douche chills. I had explained what had happened during that dance, which upset Daddy. She then caught the judge's nod, and I saw something in Daddy's face I'd never seen before. Anger. She excused herself, which I tried to stop, and she disappeared in the direction of the restrooms. She returned about five minutes later, and the knuckles on her right hand were bruised. As I opened my mouth to speak, she said, You're not the only one who studies the martial arts. He won't bother you again, and has been shown the door. Now, you have a view of both sides of the feminine coin. A small view. I hailed our waitress and asked for a glass of ice and an extra cloth napkin. When they arrived, I tended to Daddy's hand to ease the pain. We settled back in a bit later. We both needed a smoke. It was around midnight when Daddy told me we should probably be leaving. We stopped and said goodbye to everyone, and after the valet retrieved the car, set off into the night. Daddy asked me, So, do I take you back to Leah's, or are you coming home with me? I scooted across the seat until I was up against her arm. I reached with my right hand and cupped her left breast and squeezed the nipple simultaneously kissing and licked her neck. A small moan escaped her lips as I said, I believe you promised my body some attention earlier tonight, right? I'm going home with you. If you play your cards right, you might just get lucky, I giggled. She looked me in the eyes and said, Good answer. Just let it happen. The ride home was fun and informative. I sat shoulder to shoulder with Daddy, no seatbelt laws in the 70s, while in the city, we made out and groped each other at every stoplight. I really felt pursued and wanted and sexy. When we left the city, we had a 20-minute or so drive to Daddy's estate. After complimenting me again about how well I did tonight, she started to fill in some blanks about what us would mean. Think back to the 50s. Dad brought home the bacon, Mom fried it up, Dad was the king, and Mom was the queen. Dad made the decisions. Mom would be allowed her opinion, but ultimately Dad had the final say. Mom was a sweet, demure thing in the world, but Daddy's whore in the bedroom. That is us. I am the king of my domain. You would be the queen, and yes, trophy wife or girlfriend. Poised and beautiful to the world at large, and my slut in the bedroom. No matter what the situation, I would never let you be disrespected or hurt. I will expect obedience and respect from you. If you disagree with something I say or do in public, you back it, no matter what, and respectfully give your opinion behind closed doors. Disrespect will be met with discipline. I am not above spanking your ass if you disrespect me. Not the good kind of spanking either. 
do you understand so far? she asked. Yes, I said. And I'm good with that. I began to say but was interrupted. There's more. You need to trust me. Really trust me. You may be the queen publicly and my slut behind closed doors to the vanilla people we know. But those in the lifestyle we lead will know that you are my queen and my slut. Although monogamous most of the time, there will be times when we will include other people sexually. No one will ever take your spot as my heart or my queen. Are you good with that? I thought for a minute, did an internal evaluation, and responded, As long as we do it together, I'll try anything at least once. I trust you. We had come to a stop sign on a dirt road that was deserted at a little after midnight. She turned to look me in the eye to judge my true feelings and said, Okay, hypothetical. We're standing next to a stranger at a party. I lean in and whisper to you, Get him to the car and give him a blowjob while I watch. What do you do? I met her eyes, checked my moral compass again, and smiled saying, I guess we'd be making a new friend that night. Taking a few more seconds to scan my face, she responded, Good answer. Let's get you home so I can ravage you. And before I knew it, we were home. After parking the car in the now full four-car garage, we went into Daddy's house. It was a mansion that I had been in many times for parties, but never like this. As soon as the front door closed and locked, I found myself pinned against the wall and my mouth full of Daddy's tongue. One of her hands was working my breasts while the other was down the front of my pants, rubbing what used to be my penis, but was now known as my clitoris. I grabbed her ass and let her do as she pleased. My hands were busy, too, and one hand was soaking wet from pussy juice. She grabbed my hand and led me up a beautiful staircase to her bedroom. On the way, I asked if any staff was here tonight. It seems she had given them the night off with pay, but they would return first thing in the morning. As we entered the bedroom, my mind was once again blown by the elegance and enormity of this room. Hell, I felt that way about the whole mansion. I'm a poor city boy, and I was impressed. This room was bigger than most apartments I had rented in the past. Against the far wall was a custom-made bed. It was the size of a king and queen-sized bed combined. To the right of the bed was a huge double bathroom. Her side had a sink with mirror, toilet with a divider for privacy, and a large walk-in shower with frosted glass again for privacy. On the wife's side, things were a bit different. It had the same sink and toilet, but no divider for privacy, and the shower had clear glass instead of frosted. Again, no privacy. Both sides had built-in drawers and cabinets. On the other side of the bed was a double walk-in closet. Each side, three times the size of a normal closet, with racks for clothes, drawers for jewelry, spaces for shoes, mirrors, and little cubby holes for God knows what. On the left side was a huge window that spanned the length of the room. Outside was a balcony patio that was very nice. On the near wall were overflowing bookshelves, record player, and monster stereo system, along with art and photos. After entering, Daddy took my fox fur vest and went into the left side closet to hang it up. 
She returned with an evil grin on her face. She placed her hand on my chest and pinned me to the wall. There was something in her other hand, but I couldn't quite make it out. One of her legs swept both of mine open and she closed the gap. A few rules for me. Some you've heard. Others will be new. They are law. Are you listening? Go. This is happening. Let it happen. My mind squeaked. First, while you and I are alone in the house, or alone with staff, you will wear full makeup and this color lipstick. You'll notice that it matches the color I'm wearing tonight. She raised the hand with the hidden object and put the lipstick in my pocket. I don't care what you called that thing between your legs before, but from now on, until eternity, it is a clitoris. My clitoris. You will no longer touch it unless I tell you you can. When I do, or when I'm playing with it, the only parts of interest to anyone is the head and the frenulum. That's it. No stroking, just rubbing your clit. You will not wear boy clothes here unless you're leaving or we have vanilla friends over. I will choose and lay out your clothing for you daily. You will always wear panties here and in the world. Understood? Yes, Daddy. One last thing. I come first, unless I say otherwise. You have to ask to come. Come without permission and you will be punished. Any problems or questions? She asked. No, Daddy. Then why don't you go put the new lipstick on and come back and we can have some fun. As I turned to head to the bathroom, she swatted me on the ass and I went to quickly prepare for the rest of the evening. I tinkled and then took off the old lipstick and applied the new. I like that color. Classy on her, but kind of slutty on me, I thought. I took a deep breath and went back into the bedroom. As I turned to enter the bedroom, I heard slow jazz on the stereo. I came into the bedroom proper and heard, Stop! I saw Daddy propped up on one side of the bed on her elbow, legs dangling off the side with her feet almost touching the floor. She had removed her blazer and boots. All that was left was her gaucho pants, sheer blouse, and her suspenders pulled off her shoulder and hanging to her waist. I could see even this far away that her nipples were hard and pointing to the ceiling. Strip for me, she said. Oh, I don't think strip for me, she insisted. Having played strip clubs, I tried my best to imitate them. I'm sure I looked foolish, but Daddy's breathing was getting much shallower, so she must be enjoying it. Soon I only had my panties on, and as I hooked my thumbs in to lower them, eyes locked on Daddy, I heard her say, Stop and get on your hands and knees. I instantly complied. The hardwood floors hurt a bit, but fuck it. Now, crawl over here to me like a cat. I did as I was instructed, eyes always on Daddy, and followed her hand motion, so I ended up between her legs. Do you know what to do now? Yes. Proceed. I unbuttoned her pants, and as I pulled them down, I covered her exposed skin with kisses and licks. She wore no panties, so as I threw her pants in the corner, I saw a neat, closely groomed triangular bush with a beautiful labia 
whose lips were moist, come into view. Licking and kissing her legs from toes to thighs, I fought the urge to dive into the moistness and continued to her blouse. I removed it with her help and began worshipping this heavenly body I had dreamed about for so long. She writhed beneath my mouth as I worked my way to her vagina. I used all of the tricks I knew, and after about ten minutes, Daddy trembles and shook to her first orgasm of the night. She almost seemed mad as she sat up, grabbed me by the hair, pulling me full length on the bed, and proceeded to mount my face. She forcefully ground her wet pussy on my face and rode me until she came again. At one point, I thought her pubic bone had broken my nose. Nope, just bloodied a bit. The sight of blood seemed to really excite her. She dismounted my face and whispered, Don't move. And soon she was licking and sucking on my clitoris and frenulum. I would find out later she called that my underclit. I got hard as a rock and moaned out, I'm getting close. Oh, no, you don't, she giggled and then did something I had never seen or heard of before. She grabbed my legs under my knees and pushed my knees to my chest. Hold them, she demanded. She then got between my legs, grabbed the underclit, inserted me into her vagina, and began to fuck me. As I looked down, it looked like she had the dick and was fucking me. We call that the Amazon position today, but I had no reference back then. She pounded herself onto me hard, and I begged permission to come after a few minutes. She grunted a few more times and said, Granted, as we came together and I ejaculated into her. Groggily, she straddled my face and made me eat my cum out of her. I was salty. She again humped my face furiously to another orgasm and fell down beside me on the bed. We then shared sloppy cum kisses and caught our breath. Daddy handed me some tissues from the nightstand on her side of the bed and used a few herself as we wiped our faces clean. We looked at each other and started laughing. How was it? she asked. Loved it? Is there more? I teased. We're not through by a long shot. The main event is still to come, she said with an evil twinkle in her eye. Do you mind if I go outside on the balcony and smoke a cigarette? I know you don't allow smoking in the house. Sure, I'll join you in a second. I retrieved my pack of cigarettes and lighter from the clutch purse I had put inside the pocket of the fox coat and went nude outside to the balcony patio. October nights can be chilly. I lit a cigarette and felt Daddy's naked body pressed against my back and a blanket came around me, engulfing us both like bird's wings. I can't have my queen catch cold, can I? She laughed. And you don't want your slut with cold hands, either. <laughs> she pinched my clit and whispered, Cunt, in my ear. We shared and finished the cigarette and went back inside. As we came back inside, I asked if I could go to the bathroom again, and she nodded in the affirmative. As I went to the wife's side, I looked in the big mirror and saw that Daddy had followed me, and was propping herself against the door jamb. As I sat down in the toilet, I asked, Privacy? She shook her head, no, and said, No need. This helps to remind you that I'm king, 
and that I have access to you at all times and all places for all things. I finished, wiped. I always had to wipe after peeing sitting down since I couldn't shake. Stood, flushed. Daddy said she had to prepare a surprise for me. So, ask before going back to the bedroom. I looked in the mirror and saw smeared lipstick, so I wiped that clean and applied a new set of lips. Can I come in now? I called. Yes, Rose. Wow, she hadn't called me by my name since the club. Hmm. I came into the room and noticed a towel-covered pillow on the bed and Daddy sitting on the bed with something behind her back. What is the pillow and towel for? I hesitantly asked. They're for you. Well, for us, really. Sit down. Close your eyes and hold out your hands. I complied and felt motion from her direction that I assumed was her bringing out what was behind her back earlier. I was correct and terrified. Whatever had been put in my hands was huge and felt oddly like an eel. She had put a fucking eel in my hands? Open your eyes. What I saw scared me more. I had a ten-inch dildo in my hands that was so big around that the thumb and forefinger of either hand would not be able to touch when grasping. What is that? she asked slyly. In my head, I told myself that this was a test. I said, A very big cock. Daddy's very big cock. Oh, the fireworks that went off in her eyes. I had answered correctly, in a tone that was not quite condescension, and not quite the voice you use to explain microbiology to a middle school child, she explained. This is Daddy's normal cock. But I realized after fingering your pussy at the party Sunday night that there was no way that Daddy's main cock would fit. Lucky for you, I'm versatile. She reached behind her again and brought out a harness of some kind. There was a smaller cock attached to the front and another one about the same size in the crotch facing inward. She explained, This is Daddy's starter cock for tiny virgin pussies. We'll have to break you in and stretch your pussy until you can take Daddy's huge cock. I'm sorry, I began, but was interrupted with, No, no, I'm not complaining at all. I love the chair of virgin. We will have plenty of time to get to the other Daddy cock, if you stick around. What is the cock inside that harness for? A big smile went across Daddy's face. The cock inside gets me off. Every time I thrust inside you, that motion pushes the cock inside me. So technically, we can both come together. It was at this point that it hit me that I was about to be fucked by a six-by-four-inch cock attached to my date. Fucked. Like I was a woman. Gulp. Just let it happen. Fuck. That big dick is going in my ass, pussy. Deep breath in. Exhale. We're not in finger-fucking territory anymore, Toto. Geronimo! Daddy stood next to the bed, put the harness on, stroked her shaft, and told me to get on my knees. 
I did as instructed, knowing what was about to happen. She pointed at her cock and said, Suck. I licked Daddy's shaft from base to tip, swirled my tongue around the tip and then put as much in my mouth as I could and began sucking. I also put one hand on where the base of the cock inside Daddy was seated, so every time I went down, I pushed hard upward on the base of hers so she would get maximum penetration. She began to moan as I took her cock deeper and gagged, still pushing hers in deep. She thrust into me three times quickly and I could tell, by sound, that she had just had an orgasm. She took her cock out of my mouth and told me to get on the bed and put the pillow with the towel under my ass. I did so, and she retrieved a jar from the nightstand. The jar was a jar of abilene, which is sold as a makeup remover. She had found out from some porn actors in New York that it also made a great killer lubricant for vaginal and anal sex. Inquiring minds, right? Anyways, back to the story. She positioned herself on the bed between my legs, took a generous amount of abilene in her hand, and began lubing up my ass cheeks and pussy mouth. It was weird how it started out feeling like Vaseline when applied, but body temperature turned it into liquid fun. She then took more lube and began finger-fucking me and working it in my boy pussy. Soon she had three fingers sliding in and out of me, and I started to moan a little. Daddy lubed up his cock, looked me in the eyes, and asked, What do you want? I think she was expecting, I want your big cock, or something like that. Instead, I pulled her head down to my face, kissed her deeply, and whispered in her ear, Please make love to me. The look on her face changed from brute lust to something much softer. She kissed me back and said, As my queen commands. She then pressed her cock head against my pussy lips, pressed firmly inward, and just like that, I was no longer an anal boy pussy virgin. It may sound silly, but I almost cried. Daddy had gone balls deep and was working on stroke three or four when she notices some tears in my eyes. He immediately stopped and asked if he'd hurt me. No, I'm just being silly. I put my heels on her ass and pushed her further in and she continued. She began to move in me and I met her every thrust. It felt weird, like I had to reverse poop and it burned even with enough lube to birth an elephant. Burned in a good way. My voice was no longer my own as I moaned in a pitch that I hadn't heard since before I reached puberty. Daddy grunted and huffed, stroking like a true coxwoman. I had to give props to Daddy here. Ninety percent of the women I have seen, in person or in porn, wielding a strap-on, usually have to take a break after two or three minutes. That's understandable, as they don't have a lifetime of thrusting like that. Some women, though, like Daddy, were born to wield a dick. My king could lay pipe for ten, sometimes fifteen minutes, without slowing down and catching a slow-stroke breather. Her back and hips were amazing. Back to the story. We went at it for about fifteen minutes, banging and slurping and moaning when Daddy lost her balance, briefly causing her to shorten her stroke and thrust upwards. When that happened, my high-pitched moan became a low, Ugh, 
She stopped, grinned, got in position, and started again. This time, though, she stroked shorter and aimed her cockhead towards my bladder. It wasn't long until that low-pitched sound was all that I was making. I felt a pressure beginning in my abdomen. It felt like I was going to poop and pee, but that wasn't possible as I'd gone to the bathroom just before. Daddy kept stroking and grinning and grunting with a side of moan for herself. The pressure caused a warm wave to course through my body. Every stroke, the wave spread a little further, while the pressure kept getting more intense. Soon the wave was in my chest, making my heart beat really fast and my breathing faster and shallower. Stroking and heat pressure. All of a sudden, my abdomen began to quiver and shake. I sort of lost the ability to speak sentences and only ugh and fuck and faster broke through the breathy grunts. Soon my legs started to quiver and my clitoris leaked a small amount of milky fluid onto my stomach. Fuck, come please, as yes came out of daddy's mouth. I began to not come like a penile multiple shot blast come, but a stroke, a wave, a wave of ejaculate quivering all over my body now and was just muttering gibberish and making mewling sounds. On my stomach was a large pool of cum. Daddy had slowed down her stroke, reaching down and scooped up a finger full of cum and tasted it. Hmm, yum, she said. Then she took a handful of it and scooped it into my mouth. She continued until my belly was almost clean and my mouth mostly full. I swallowed, nearly comatose, and Daddy and I kissed deeply. She seemed to be ready to ask me a question when I whispered, still dazed from my first prostate orgasm. More. We went at it for a few more hours and many more orgasms on both our parts. When we were both spent, I fell asleep with Daddy on her back and me spooning her side with my head on her chest and our arms around each other. In the late morning, I woke up first and went quietly to the bathroom on wobbly, been-fucked-all-night legs. Peed a gallon, and boy, did I poop. There was a little blood in the bowl, too. I washed my face, applied Thursday's makeup and lipstick, and as I turned, saw on my bench, next to the shower, a pair of lace panties and an oversized man's dress shirt laid out for me by Daddy, with a tubular-wrapped object laying on a note. Rosebud, you were amazing last night, from dinner to sleep. I'm so proud of you. You exceeded my expectations. You once mentioned to me that you thought a woman looked sexiest when in a pair of panties and a man's shirt first thing in the morning. So I laid you out the same for your sexiness. No need to tuck today, as I plan on having small clitoral snacks all day. I noticed when I went to the bathroom after you in the middle of the night that you were bleeding some. An unfortunate side effect to virgin lovemaking. I'm leaving you a tampon to help you with the blood. I'm sure you can figure out what to do with it. If not, wake me up and we'll walk through it together. You should change it every four hours or so, or earlier if it feels full. We don't need you with toxic shock syndrome. I put a box under the sink on your side. By the way, 
I like my coffee black with one sugar. See you in a few. Anne. I just chuckled and shook my head. I opened the tampon package, prepped the applicator, put one leg on the toilet, and inserted the tampon. Arranged the string and pulled on my panties. I buttoned up my shirt, brushed my hair, and went downstairs to the kitchen to make Anne, it was now Thursday, coffee. I came into the kitchen, reached up into a cupboard to get a coffee cup, which exposed completely my panties, when I heard a familiar voice say, Good morning, Rosebud. Beautiful day, and if I may say, very cute panties. The voice belonged to Lada, Anne's head of household staff. She was a wonderful sixty-ish woman from Russia, who I had met many times when I would come to parties at the estate. She knew me as Duane. Feeling my oats, I asked about her calling me Rosebud. Oh, when Miss Anne was married, she had different names for her late husband, too. They had different names for each other, depending on what set of friends were here. She'd write those names on a board in the pantry so the staff would know what to call them for that event. That board has been empty for a very long time, and Miss Anne has been lonely and sometimes sad. When she told me you two were going out, I was so glad. You are fun and positive and just full of life, and you're a nice person, and I find out look very pretty in panties. We both laughed. So, she continued, your names were on the board with Rosebud underlined. What were you looking for in the cupboard? I was going to make Miss Anne some coffee and take it up to her and needed a cup. This brought a big smile to her face. Stay here and I'll make the coffee and you can take it up. Miss Anne is very particular about many things, yes? I winked and said, yes. While we waited for the water to heat, she asked me in a whisper, May I ask you a personal question? Sure, I whispered back. Will we be seeing you around here with Miss Anne in the future? Please forgive my nosiness. Yes, Lotta. For as long as she'll have me. Oh, goody. The water is ready. She made the coffee, set it on a silver tray for me, and as I turned to leave the kitchen, she said, So very good to see you again, Rosebud. I went upstairs and gently opened the door to see Anne awake and propped up, nude in bed. I brought you your coffee, Miss Anne. Lotta made it. Miss Anne, huh? Okay, let's use that today. All day, every situation, that's what you call me. How are you today? Still at the door, I said, Fantastic. A little rubber-legged and a bit sore, but in a good way. Miss Anne then said, Good. Put that tray and coffee on the chair next to you. I quickly did, but asked, Don't you want your coffee? She smiled, snapped her fingers, and made a broad gesture with her right index finger ending in that finger-pointing at her uncovered crotch. I laughed, and as I made my way to the bed, I realized that I was as happy as I had ever been in life, and that I would do pretty much anything to make this wonderful woman happy, and all I had to do was just let it happen. Ah, Duane, the hills are alive with the sound of fapping. Thank you so much, Dwayne, for sharing this with us. That was absolutely fantastic. And like I said before, 
If you have a real-life bedtime story you want to share with our listeners, just email it to inbedwithdrsue at gmail.com and I'll feature it on the show. And thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, the next show is my annual Halloween show, and I have some very cool real-life paranormal stories to share with you, and some that are completely fake. Hmm, will you be able to tell the difference? Also, I'll be going over more freaky paraphilias, and of course, a bevy of what the sweet fuck stories that will be sure to keep you up for weeks. (laughs) So keep your eyes peeled, literally, for the next In Bed with Dr. Sue. And in the meantime, be safe, be kind, but most of all, be happy. And by the way, I found out the podcast platforms have been stuffing commercials in at the end of the show and cutting off my be happy at the ending to the point where it says, but most of all, be, and then it goes to commercial. (laughs) I've had people get in touch with me and go, what was the last word? Be what? It's always be happy, you guys. Be happy. I'll see you next time. (laughs) 